Oh shit! Good evening, everyone. It's August tenth, twenty seventeen. You know what that means? Everybody knows what that means. It's the Battle of the Beltways. Um, I think it's a preseason game too. This, if you're not familiar with it, is a uh, football, NFL, um, Redskins versus. The Ravens, uh, Baltimore versus Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Maryland, that is, in Baltimore, Maryland. And, um, yeah, so football season is right around the fucking corner. Usually, around this time of the year, I'm fucking amped. I'm happy as shit. Football's about to start back. Uh, uh, Fucking college football is already, like, kind of in the swing of things and shit, and... And yeah, hold on. Let me close this door real quick. I forgot to close the door. I'm recording. Yeah. So 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 today's the battle of the Beltway, and but this year is like unlike any other years. Um, this year is like really weird, especially for me because I'm like falling out of love with football. So it's not really that interesting to me. I don't give a fuck about preseason football this year. I could care less about offseason. Um, and I'm not really that excited for the actual season. I feel like I'll be mildly excited once playoffs come around. But like, there's a lot of excitement, especially in this area, for this game like in particular. You know, you got your average Ravens fans, your average Redskins fans. They they they're both excited about the game, but then there's like this swirling like excitement in this area, Baltimore area, Washington D.C. area, and um, I think just black folks in general. And, and you know, and I don't want to make that dis- that that distinction like, and leave uh, other people that may may be in support of the the cause, but. Um, there's a protest supposed to be going on today. I think a protest over uh Colin Kaepernick and what they think is a blackballing, not letting him play in the NFL type deal shenanigans going on, like a conspiracy theory, and you know. I'm trying to chill out with my conspiracy theorist shit these days, man, because everything can't be a conspiracy. But and this is like this is gonna sound weird, but I don't think there's anything to this. Now a lot of people are gonna disagree with me on the internet, like Nat, but you're supposed to see the point. But like, and you black, Nat, you. But like I, I just can't get this is something I just can't get behind at all. You know, any other player, if this was Dak Prescott, if this was Marshawn Lynch, if this was I don't know, actually Marshawn Lynch is probably a bad example. Um if this was somebody like uh Odell Beckham, like being blackball all of a sudden, and he was, you know, not standing up for the uh, for the for the national anthem or whatever the fuck it was that Colin Kaepernick wasn't standing up for um, before the games. 
I could probably, I could, I could def, not probably, I could definitely see the points. But I just don't think Colin Kaepernick is that good. I really don't. He's been to the Super Bowl, been to the Super Bowl. That's 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 an honest assessment. Well, not even an assessment. That's an achievement of his in the past. And I think that was like 2012. Ironically, against the Ravens, who came out with the victory in that game. But like, and I know in recent weeks there's been opportunities for teams to sign them and shit like that. Um, and then you you sitting on the sidelines, you're watching all of these other subpar quarterbacks get signed. Um, but for the same reason, I think it's a struggle for them to get signed as well as Colin Kaepernick. I just think that he's just not that good. I think he's just in the same boat that, uh, and I think Robert Griffin has is on a team, so this he's probably a bad example. But Tim Tebow, I would put like these these mobile the mobile quarterbacks that came into the league at that time of an evolution of football where it was kind of a little revolutionary to see a guy that could actually throw the football with some degree of accuracy and and be able to take the fuck off on on play. So it gave offenses some some uh dynamic strategy, I guess. I I, I don't know how you want to say it, but he act, he they they those quarterbacks brought an element to the game where it was kind of like, "Oh shit. We'll see where it goes." And it's still some of those lasting quarterbacks in the league. Um Russell Wilson um, honestly, Ben Roethlisberger to a certain extent, and um, you know the list. The list could go on, but I just don't feel like at this stage in his in his career, Cap, Colin Kaepernick is just not that good. You know, he did he didn't evolve with the game. I I didn't see him bringing new wrinkles every year. You know, I think um, the year before they went to the Super Bowl was his first year as a starter. Because um, they 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 let go of Alex Smith, who was originally the the quarterback that bought them a little bit of success, took them to the the um, I want to say it was the championship game, um, in the NFC. I can't even remember what uh what team that who who they faced NFC champion in the NFC championship that year. I just know that they beat the Saints. And that was like a big fucking deal. And um, but yeah, I just don't feel yo, Colin Kaepernick slowly declined after that Super Bowl. That Super Bowl appearance was like the height of his career. And then from then on, it was like honestly, not only him, but the the entire team kind of took a step back and regressed every year. And then they kind of blew the whole thing up as uh when um when their the boy left uh Harbaugh. Which is funny because I th- I think uh, the older brother is it I think Jim left so John is the coach of the Ravens and um, that's the team that kind of passed up on Colin Kaepernick this past week along with the Miami Dolphins maybe last week they signed Jay Cutler because Ryan Tannehill took an L and uh, I think is injured for the year but like so let's really dissect this right so it's thirty two teams in in the NFL. And um, all of them have starting jobs for quarterback, like one starting job for for quarterback. Um, and that's a that's a slim job right there. That's the slim pickings. Um, 
and more times than not, you are I, NFL teams kind of already know who they want at that starting position. So it's kind of hard to say that uh, if he, you know, was not the the starter for the 49ers, it's like a subpar team in it in the NFC West. Who could he actually start for? Like I, I don't really see it. To be honest, I, I think he's a little one dimensional. He was always a little one. He was always one dimensional. Don't get it twisted. He wasn't necessarily picking teams apart um, with like deadly accuracy. He wasn't fucking Peyton Manning. So, you know, to begin with, so it's kind of hard for me to see like everybody going off the the rails. Like, why isn't he signed to a team? Well, he's not signed to a team because he's just he doesn't have that much to offer to a team right now. Especially in a league that's kind of shut down the uh, the wildcat offense or the you know the the, the option is that's a that the athletic quarterback is not as valuable as he was 2012 2013 even 2014 to a certain extent it's about to be 2018 the the league has moved on from that and um, not a lot of people see that that's not in the equation I don't hear that talked about on. Uh, the radio and amongst people that aren't necessarily like you know amongst casual fans, people that are not necessarily watching football year in year out, people that will probably watch Hard Knocks, HBO, uh, that's constantly watching FS1, listening to football podcasts, actually doing football podcasts, will probably tell you that it's a legitimate reason why he's not being picked up by these NFL teams. And I get it. This is for the same reason Terrell Pryor is not a quarterback anymore in the league. It's like, you know, you got gifts, kids. You can play. You got potential. But we don't necessarily want you to be our starting quarterback or, for that matter, backup quarterback. Now, here's the thing. Some of the arguments I can see um, about the NFL being a shady business and about uh, owners being a little reluctant to sign him because of his social stance, not standing up for the, the national anthem and saluting the flag and shit like that. I can see that argument. But with this dude, I think it's it's a little it's something a little bit deeper. Not deeper. It's a little bit it's something a little bit more apparent, a little bit more obvious, and that's his play on the field. Um but if you want to, we could get into that. We can get into the shadiness of the NFL and the owners and uh and and what have you like honestly at this point it's kind of like it's kind of seen that regardless of whether it's his play on the field the NFL kind of doesn't want him around they don't want him around and and in my opinion that's a mistake that's a that's bad is it's really bad it, you know if you if if anybody was smart as an owner out there they would pick him up um i mean if you wanted if you wanted to make a, a selfish play or um, you just 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 put yourself out in the news, especially if like you you the the Cleveland Browns or <laughs> or some shit like that, like a terrible ass franchise. You don't have anything else going for you, like the Jacksonville Jaguars or something. You know, actually, the ja- I should take that back because the Jacksonville Jaguars they got a lot of talent down there, Blake Bortles, you know, shit like that. But if if I'm looking at this from from a owner standpoint, it's nothing to lose here, especially if you got a like a tanking, like a a tanking uh franchise right now, and, and your team is not really set up to go anywhere this year. It trust me, 
owners know when their team is set up to go somewhere. I mean, it's been it's been some teams that had like a Cinderella story and kind of took off, but it doesn't happen every year. And and to be honest, there's a few teams I can't see it happening with, like legit not winning more than five games this year. And there's always teams like that. But like, if you really want to get to the bottom of it, like really, like the NFL is is shady as fuck. First of all, it's it's a stale product anyway, so it's on its way out the door. A lot like boxing, um, and and it's a few other sports, but NFL and boxing are like the the, the primary candidates for being phased out as American popular sports. You know what I'm saying? They they on their way out the door, and I think it's a lot of I in the NFL's case. It has to do with a lot of the shady dealings. Shady dealings in this case, which is really going to be the their demise. Because whether or not like I agree with a lot of the people out there saying it is because he's black or because of his social stance. I'm talking about Colin Kaepernick. Um, it's a lot of people that see it as a reality. And a lot of these people are football fans. A lot of these people... I mean... Are potential viewers, people that would otherwise be watching the game, if it weren't for this situation. Um, so that's gonna that's one thing that's gonna fuck them up in the end. Another thing is they actually they blatantly hid like the 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 concussion um, science and head trauma, the 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 issues with head trauma. And shit like that. They hid it from players. The information that they they should have been sharing with them, because um, if they were upfront with it, we probably wouldn't have to be staring at these these problems on the back end, um, which is really fucked up. Actually, I don't want to gloss over that. So the people that are responsible for that are the same people that are being accused of this of being a black blackballing a player um, with. Let's let's not call it. Let's call it what it is. A controversial social stance, not standing up for the the uh, the national anthem, and um, and really where it all came from was because of Donald Trump. I I, I feel like it was a it was a social stance to kind of like stand against that. If I'm not mistaken, you know what? Actually, don't quote me on that. I probably should have done more research. I'm just riffing right now, but a lot of this stuff I do know for a fact. And I know for a fact that the NFL hid a lot of the information about uh, traumatic brain injuries from the players, which should not been should not have been the case, because of course it gives you a black eye. But a lot of people actually considered that they they honestly a lot of people knew it before it even came out in the news. Like nobody nobody really thought that it was no repercussions later on in life to playing football, especially at a professional level. Um, but my thing is like, if you're going to be upset with the NFL at, about, about this and, and referring to the Colin Kaepernick situation and them hiding the fact that football does damage to football players, you also got to be upset with the NCAA too. So in my opinion, this is, this is just, this is a straight up assault. On football, the the Rome is collapsing. Like nobody is uh for whatever social reason, for whatever logical reason, because this that's really fucked up. 
And the NCAA is its own toxic situation because it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with CTE or traumatic traumatic brain injury or hiding the information about the science behind all of that. The NCAA has everything to do with robbing the players and amateur athletes. I, and I say that with air quotes because they, I mean, they they make money hand over fist from television deals to to jersey sales off of these players that they barely give anything to. And according to Arian Foster, who is a running back at a professional level for the Houston Texans, Miami Dolphins, and uh, played collegiate football at Tennessee for the Volunteers, and don't get that twisted. He wasn't a fucking volunteer, even though that's how they, they treated him. He says that uh, with the scholarships, you're not even at liberty to pick your own curriculum or, or, or class schedule or focus of study when you, once you get to the university. Uh, he was almost kind of put in a position to, to, to study certain things that will work around his, uh, his football schedule and athletics and shit like that. So when you start, you start thinking about this whole thing, the, the business of football... I mean, it's just it's it's a lot like any other business in America. A lot of fraudulent dealings, a lot of shady shit going on behind closed doors, and um, I mean, so if you want to call the owners out on being against Colin Kaepernick, and essentially what is a race issue, a lot of people feel because of his blackness and the reason why he stood against. The president of the United States, and in some people's eyes, the nation. I mean, you're not standing up for for the uh, national anthem. That's 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 a pretty big spit in the face, in the eyes of a lot of people. You know, just just looking at the the situation in a vacuum, that's what they're gonna say. Um, but the 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 let's not get it twisted. The entire business of football is fucking crooked. Don't they, let's not get away from the facts here, and those are the facts. They, the NCAA is currently fucking a lot of these student athletes, amateur athletes, whatever you want to term them. They're they're the money makers for a lot of these colleges. Like it at at the University of Alabama. Why in the fuck do you have Nick Saban under contract for what is a five million dollar deal? And you can't afford to pay these students for the services they're providing. They're not here to see Nick Saban coach. Let's not get no. They they're here to see him recruit these recruits and for the recruits to play, like to compete against other universities. And at these other universities, is recruits just like them. And these these guys are like world class athletes at this point. Um, 10 years ago, you look at the athletes compared to now, these dudes are pro-ready today, to me at least. You know, I'm, the only thing setting them apart is being drafted. And honestly, if there wasn't a... Um, if if you're not mandating them to stay in the, the, the NCAA or to be an athlete under the NCAA for three years before they go into the draft, they will probably go straight from high school into the pros. So don't 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 feed me that. Please don't. 
NCAA is a billion, multi-billion dollar business, and and they make a lot of shady dealings too. So if you're gonna go after the NFL, you gotta go after the, the NCAA, and where it becomes an assault on the entire football business of America. And um, I feel it dying because a lot of parents are turned off. A lot of parents of a lot of football pa- football player parents like Greg Jennings. Don't want their kids playing football. So ultimately, you got a lot less kids playing Pop Warner at the the at the that what is it that eight to eleven um, year old range. You got those kids not playing football anymore, going into safer sports, and um, either the league is gonna become flag football, and this. This era that you're seeing right now is gonna become like a retro, a retro league, and just look back at how wild this era was. Or you're gonna keep seeing this, and the NFL is just gonna football in general is just gonna disappear. I mean, you know, it's always gonna have an audience because it's always gonna be some people that want to watch a certain type of sport. But I think America is moving on now, especially with with this is a sour taste. Regardless, like I said, regardless of whether this situation is a reality of Colin Kaepernick being blackballed because of blah, 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 blah. Like you fill in the blank or whatever social issue. Um, it's a reality that the NFL is going to feel the repercussions of what these people are protesting and 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 losing viewership and not becoming as lucrative as far as uh, advertising. Because that's that's um that's what that's not get it twisted. That's where they make a lot of their money, the T V deals and advertisements. Um, jersey sales and everything, not really I mean, yeah, but not really. T V deals are the, the, the number one thing and that's what's holding the NCAA up too. But um I think it's a little fucked up that a lot of these college players that once they get to that college level usually have CTE, have zero dollars to show for it. And the NCAA is not backing them for medical bills or no shit like that at all. They don't give a fuck about these players at all whatsoever. Um, that's why Calipari is a lot of a lot of people's favorite coach in the NCAA uh, as far as basketball is concerned because he doesn't coach football. He's a basketball coach at Kentucky. Um, he almost enforces these players to to get in, get out. It's, it's almost like an incentive to... To, to play one year, go ahead, get your money. You know, I mean, you've earned it at this point. Honestly, you should be making it right now. It's probably what he's telling these players, I would imagine, because they they skip in town immediately. Um, and that's why he's getting a lot of number one recruits, high, high potential athletes to come and play for him because I think he's he's got the game down and he understands what's happening. And um, the Kentucky, Kentucky uh, University of Kentucky is uh, rewarding him for it. I mean, they pay, they're paying him a lot of money, I would imagine, because there's a lot of money in it. And a lot don't be fooled. A lot of a lot of uh, the NCAA news will probably lead you to believe that it's not a lot of money that playing paying these players would be um, to the detriment of the association. But guess what? Y'all owe it to them. Not only that, but y'all are making enough money to do it. Y'all can pay these dudes. Don't get it twisted. Don't lie to the people. But yeah, man. 
that's that's my rant on um what is today August 10th, 2017, the Battle of the Beltway, um the newest rendition of it. Don't get me started on the whole Redskins name. It, it's a lot of shit in the NFL that's a little fucked up. A, not a little But yeah, I digress. Oh yeah, something I mentioned, like, and I kind of glossed over that. But I feel like this is the death of uh, be- of uh, boxing in in a lot of ways too. Coming up, August twenty sixth, the day just keeps getting closer and closer. We'll be sixteen days out, almost two weeks exactly. This Saturday will be two weeks exactly. Mayweather versus McGregor. It's probably the biggest sporting event of all time. I think they said more people are placing bets on this fight than any Super Bowl, or at least this Super Bowl this this year from February, Atlanta Falcons versus uh, the New England Patriots, which is a big fucking deal. That's I mean, that's bringing in a lot of revenue for uh, Las Vegas, um, and and any odds maker out there, Bovada, the list goes on. Um, but I feel like this is the death of boxing in a lot of ways. It feels like a funeral, um, in more ways than one, because regardless of whether, uh, whether who wins, it, it, regardless of who wins on the 26th, this will most likely be Floyd Mayweather's last fight. Um, and so this leaves boxing with an ultimatum, either uh, Floyd Mayweather wins this fight, rides off in the sunset with all of the momentum that he's gathered from 1996 until now, um, and he just takes he takes all of that away from boxing. He's and people will argue with you about this shit, but I'm gonna be straight up with y'all. He's either gonna leave with all of that momentum, 50 and 0, and he's gone. And he's and he's riding off with nobody to to send that energy back into boxing with for anybody to you know to to um what they call in wrestling go over on and then you know ultimately you know kind of suck up his momentum which is what happened to I would imagine what happened to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania this past year taking you know going over on the Undertaker in the main event of their biggest event um. He's either gonna ride off with that, or Conor McGregor is gonna steal it and take it to MMA. Um, which you know what, to a certain extent, I can't all the way believe because there's a lot more money to be made in boxing, in sport of boxing. And he's made a lot of enemies too, um, leading up to this fight because he talked a lot of shit about other boxers like Canelo, who ironically is fighting maybe two, three weeks after him. Um, and a lot of arguments are being made by Oscar De La Hoya that, that this fight is a joke, in air quotes, and that this is the real boxing fight. Um, so he's he he's made a lot of opportunities for himself leading up to this fight. Like a lot of people want to fight him, and and rightfully so because he's the money fight in all of fighting now at this point. And you know I have a lot of money on him, so. <laughs> I have a lot of money on McGregor in this fight to knock Floyd out, but the reality of it is uh, that 
I, and I don't see him getting washed in this fight. Um, if he doesn't win it by knockout, I see him going 12 rounds and at the end of it, coming out victorious because a lot of people say he didn't have a chance. Max Kellerman from ESPN and HBO, you let him tell it, he's not going to land a meaningful punch on, on Floyd. And I don't see that happening either. And he's a fucking idiot. First of all, uh, Max Kellerman, you a fucking you a fucking fool for saying that shit. I know you don't really believe it, that uh, because ESPN is they're a fucking sideshow. Let's be honest, okay? Especially first take. Let's call a spade a spade. That show is a show. Um, if he was on a fight game on HBO saying that, spouting off this, which he probably won't because that'd be free promo. It'd be free promo from HBO to to Showtime. If they were to talk about that boxing fight, um, you know, which they might end up touching on it, but I can't see Max Kellerman really believing that because what you have is a, a combat athlete coming over to another combat sport where regardless of whether there's some overlap in the fandom, like hardcore boxing fans and hardcore MMA fans, whether they get along or not. There is some overlap in, in the striking that is involved in MMA and the striking that you see in boxing. And to be honest with you, boxing striking has not evolved in the last 30 years. It looks the exact same. Now, Floyd Mayweather is the sharp, he's the fucking master at boxing. He is the 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 undisputed king. Of the sweet science, which is hit and not be hit. Um, and I forgot where I was going with that, but he is, he's the 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 top of the top when it comes to boxing. Oh, I know exactly. I just found my place. So there's some some overlap in in MMA and boxing. Like if you drew a, a Venn diagram, right? And you and you color one side MMA and you color the other side boxing. In the middle is a gray area. And in that gray area is our techniques, um, preparation, um, approach, overall approach that are in that gray area that you can still use to a certain extent is still useful in boxing. In a boxing match with boxing gloves. Well, see people say a boxing match, but really all it is is a canvas ring with a, a referee boxing rules and, and and these padded gloves. Which, I mean, Connor has put on before. And I don't mean to like shit or poo-poo shit on or poo-poo the boxing sport. But that's the that's really the only difference. If they want to make it out to be like Boxing is this, boxing is that. No. What they getting ready to get in there and do is they gonna go in there with 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 uh what is for right now it's ten ounce gloves. And they're gonna scrap under boxing rules, which essentially is using your hands to punch the other guy in the face or the body. Honestly, it's from the from the belly button up. Because I can punch you in the shoulders, your hands, and all of that shit. That's cool. Um, but there's a lot of techniques that I'm not sure Floyd is familiar with. 
And I'm not sure that you can prepare for without being a mixed martial artist or having um, an extended period of time to study. Um, and then you have the fact that as Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor is his own beast in the world of of MMA. Is he's he's special, and I don't want to throw that term around like so and so is special, but he's different from a lot of these other MMA fighters. Not a lot of them. He's different from all of them. He's uh, in a class of his own. From the mental approach to the verbal approach, all the way to the physical approach. And you see him doing weird shit, like his movement and things like that. And I don't want to make this again a McGregor show. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this around to Floyd in a second. But you got a lot of his approach that still will work. In a boxing ring, from you know his 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 refre- his reflex drills, <clears throat> fucking can't talk today. Um, to to just his his mental preparation that uh, no nobody in boxing has seen before. Like you you kind of get. A lot of people want to throw him in the same boat as a Madonna or something like that. Like he's gonna be in there flailing. Like, but but the reality of it is, is when he gets in there, I'm expected to see a fighter in there as composed as any other fighter you have ever seen, including Floyd Mayweather. And I think that he may on fight night may be a little bit more composed than Mayweather himself. <clears throat> and I know a lot of people look at me crazy. That's a little controversial to say, but I believe that. It's it's a few things I think that Connor fuck that it's a boxing match and all of that will come into the fight um with the advantage. And that'll be his weight, height, reach. I believe that his his reflexes are a lot better. He has the the reflex and timing over Floyd. Yes, I do. I believe that. And then there's a mental approach that is just invaluable in combat sports. Being composed, especially at an event like this. I just painted the scene for y'all. I'm telling you that this is the biggest sporting event you will ever see. Especially when you take into consideration combat sports. This is bigger than any Ali fight that we've ever seen. Um, And I'm just talking in terms of the eyes and the magnitude of everyone watching. You know, This is going to be seen by more people than anybody that had watched Muhammad Ali box against whoever. You name Joe Frazier, uh, George Foreman. Sonny Liston, whoever. This will be the most watched combat sports event of all time, bar none. And McGregor knows that. And um, I, I expect him to come out like shockingly composed. So much so that it's gonna so much so that it's gonna throw a lot of people off when they're watching it. Like he looks unbothered in there against. The dragon, Floyd Mayweather. 
And I think that's gonna that's gonna fuck with Floyd a little bit. Um if not be his demise. Cause I think they he's gonna go in there and try to pride him to to, you know, get those nerves. But he's not gonna have the nerves at all, you know, trying to find the distance. Connor's not gonna look to to establish a distance at all. I mean, he's gonna look to establish a distance, but he's not gonna try to find it. He's not gonna be struggling to, you know, work his way in, try to get warm in there. From the moment they say go, he's gonna go. And it's gonna be off to the races. Nobody's ever seen a fight like this. And um so let's jump into it. I said I was gonna do this podcast a while ago. Um, and as a matter of fact, on Twitter, I said that I was going to do two podcasts, but I might as well just fucking turn it into one. So the Floyd Mayweather side of this, like I said it on my first podcast where I kind of like declared that McGregor was going to knock Floyd out <clears throat> and he was going to do it in the first six rounds. <clears throat> I never really gave an explanation from, from uh, Floyd's point of view. Now, if I'm Floyd, son, this takes big balls to do, to pull off. Because as I mentioned to y'all, it's a lot of great area. Like, there's overlap in, in MMA and boxing. Like, to a certain extent, they do the same things. Especially if you consider him McGregor. Because like Floyd has said in a lot of these interviews, a lot of people want to push it off and be like, ah, he's just fucking trying to sell his fight. But he he actually, a lot of the times... McGregor wins. In fact, all of the times he's standing, especially in the UFC, he's standing. He's striking with these dudes. He's not. He's not taking motherfuckers down and choking them out. Even though he honestly will probably have no problem with that if he could. You know, honestly, what he's gonna do is gonna beat you to shit on your feet and then probably choke you out, like Nate Diaz did to him, <clears throat> which is a whole nother story in itself. But like Floyd taking this fight, it's a big risk because there's a lot of question marks when you're talking about McGregor. It's a lot of question marks because I mean, I mean, you see him on tape, but like actually getting in there with somebody like him, like a mixed martial artist. What we're talking about is Bruce Lee. So I give, I give, uh, I give Floyd a lot of credit for taking this fight. Um, this is this is a really big deal. This is, it takes a lot of balls to do what he did. Um, but I see him getting in shape, man. <clears throat> I see him in shape on Instagram, yo. He never made a forty year old fighter look so good. He looks fucking amazing. Excuse me, he is shredded. If I were McGregor, or I'm sorry, if I were Floyd. I'd be doing the same exact thing that I'm doing to prepare for this fight. The only thing is, um, I'm not sure that any, like I said, I'm not sure that any amount of preparation can get him ready for what he's going to see on the night of the fight. So it seems like Floyd is preparing to having to adjust on the fly. And live time adjusting, which is, you know, to a certain extent, what Floyd does in a lot of his fights. I'm, I was talking to a couple coworkers, and they like, 
Yeah, um, Floyd, you know he doesn't watch tape. And I'm like, oh, is that true? See, and to a certain extent, I never knew that that was true. But he's familiar with these dudes when, when he steps in there with them. I'm telling you, he is. He is. He may not watch it extensively. You know, he may not prepare for a certain body type. <clears throat> he may not be interested in like figuring out what, what their best shots are and this and that and the third, but he's familiar with what he's getting himself into when he steps in there. Don't get it twisted. He can't I don't I don't think Floyd Mayweather goes in there just to to just to fight anybody. But to a certain extent, I think he is good at adjusting on the fly because he's gonna try and figure out what works and what doesn't work. And he's not going to go in there with any preconceived notions. If you look at a lot of his corner advice, it's never like harkening back to training. Like, remember, we worked on the da da da, what we worked on the blah blah blah. Get back to what we, the strategy. It's never like a pre planned strategy where either Roger Mayweather or Floyd Mayweather Sr., when they get into the corner, they never like referring back to like, this is what we, remember what we planned, this is what we, blah 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 blah. They work on techniques for themselves to get better as a fighter in there so that they're able to adjust on the fly. So that's one thing he does have going for himself when he gets in there. He's going to be able to engage with him and really, like from a tactical point of view, he's going to be able to get in there and, and roll with the punches, literally and figuratively. The question is, does he have enough to, to fire back does he have enough offense to keep McGregor away and to get McGregor to some extent to respect him in there for his abilities? And he doesn't necessarily have to do that with power. Um, if he's quick enough and can last 12 rounds being that quick, <clears throat> which I don't see, then he will be able to get out of there with a W. And he won't be able to get out of there unscathed. But I see this being a tough fight no matter how you, you draw it up for Floyd, man. Because he's walking in there against a guy, man, and I don't want to make this seem like it's a fucking dick riding session for McGregor, but like he's 29. Floyd is 40. Floyd has a lot of health problems. Not health problems, but like he has a few things that hold him back. That show his age. He has a few cracks in the armor. So, um, I don't see this being a landslide like everybody else. The athletic in the in the athleticism department, I, I give the favor to McGregor. It's a lot of things I don't give to Floyd, man. The only thing that the only upside for Floyd in this is that it's boxing. And he's a little bit more familiar with the rules. You know, he's the master of these rules, bending these rules. But that's how, as far as his advantage, his advantages go in this fight. I feel. It's just um. For me, it feels like the sport of boxing is becoming prepared to relinquish. A lot of a lot of his power to the sport of MMA. And it's not a bad thing. Because after this, there'll be a 
plenty of opportunity for crossovers for boxing boxing fighters to cross over into MMA and for MMA fighters to to cross over into boxing. Now, I don't think a lot of boxers will fail, fare well in MMA. Not all of them. I think there's a few a tough-ass motherfuckers that could make the transition very well. And I think the same for MMA fighters. A lot of them are going to try and make the transition, try to come over to boxing, and it's going to look really bad. And they're going to get fucked up along the way. But I feel as though this is going to be the beginning of the rub for boxing on MMA. A lot of the the stars are going to start transitioning. And this is the fight game now. We've gotten to the point where this is the fight game now. Uh, The lines are blurred. This is is, uh, combat sports now. Uh, (laughs) It used to be that it it was kind of like there's an invisible wall in front of them and it... That non-boxing doesn't necessarily rub shoulders Before, I mean You already have kickboxers coming over to MMA MMA going into kicks, kickboxing And the same with jujitsu, And the same with wrestling um, Not necessarily the, the same way vice versa With wrestling, amateur wrestling But to a certain extent You got um, You got them, the combat sports rubbing shoulders Except boxing Boxing has never had this before, where you have a mainstream MMA fighter fighting a boxer, perhaps the greatest of all time, um, maybe the best defensive fighter of all time as well, um, and this is an explosion. It's a fusion, and... Um, yeah, so I see a lot of good things coming out of it um, immediately for boxing. Uh, later on down the line, I see MMA becoming bigger because of it. Uh, but I was like, man, I'm just so happy that this event is coming, man. I'm stoked as fuck. I could not be any more excited. I wake up in the morning and I think, how many more days we got? Like, I just know that it's on the way. And I, and I instantly... Gets a smile on my face because regardless of what happens, a lot of people are gonna be shocked. Twenty, the twenty, I should say, no matter the result, a lot of people are gonna be shocked on the twenty sixth because this is not gonna go a lot of the way a lot of people think that it will, and um, it's just gonna be beautiful for sports. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I got a lot of fucking hate for saying that um, I think that if Conor wins, he'll become the biggest combat athlete today over Muhammad Ali, Brock Lesnar, The Rock, um, you name it, Hulk Hogan. Um, this he, he will be undoubtedly the biggest combat sport over Bruce Lee. Everyone, he will become the biggest because what he is is the manifestation of what Bruce Lee is. So honestly, he's actually doing what Bruce Lee dreamed of. Um, and second, he's taking he's taking all of these fans that 
once upon a time thought that boxing was the way you defend yourself. Um, and he's putting it to rest. Not making it look like a sham, but almost he's he's putting that discipline to rest, man. It's like now you know what could happen should you have a, a guy trained classically as a mix as a martial artist. Let's not say mixed martial. Clean classic clean trained classically <laughs> as a martial artist versus somebody who is trained as a specialist to defend themselves with their hands. He's defend he's he's trained to defend himself with all types of hand techniques. Whereas Floyd is trained under these set of rules to box. And um I think it's gonna be interesting, man. And I think that uh, McGregor comes out on top. I mean, with everyone, that, the social media following that you have these days, the accessibility of the videos once this happens are going to be, you're looking at the biggest star in combat sports of all time, may even be the biggest athlete today once once we're done with this. oh he And he's going to talk a lot of shit after this. He's on top. He's running the game for real. The sports and entertainment... He's he's top. He's number one. Floyd is out of the game after this. He's done. Maybe he's investing in um, uh, MMA promotions or boxing promotions after this. But I mean, what, you're looking at Conor McGregor. Star is born on the 26th. Make no mistake about it. Anyways, I gotta go eat. Um, I'll be back on this podcast soon. I hate talking you guys' ears off about this fight, but I'm I'm legitimately, if you can't hear it in my voice, I'm so excited about this. I just can't wait. So um, yeah, man, keep your ears peeled for the, the next episode. And until then, I love all y'all motherfuckers.